Flooding, hurricanes, flesh-eating bacteria. Climate change looms over us as companies continue to pump carbon dioxide emissions and other pollutants into our air and seas. Temperatures are rising and natural disasters are becoming rapidly more intense each year. So what the fresh hell is in for the Sunshine State if we can't get our climate crisis under control quickly? It's important we understand global warming as a whole before we talk about what may happen in Florida specifically. Human activities have impacted the globe's climate patterns. As the Earth's overall temperature grows warmer, it impacts every aspect of the climate. Since the 1700s, the amount of carbon dioxide in the air has increased by 40%. Since we've started to emit more carbon emissions and other heat-trapping gases, we've slowly warmed the surface of our planet. Greenhouse gases, the gases that contribute to trapping the Earth's warmth in Earth's lower atmosphere, have had a negative impact on Earth's oceans and ice. Oceans are becoming more acidic as carbon dioxide reacts with the water to become carbonic acid. In the previous 80 years, the ocean has warmed at least one degree. The planet's surface growing warmer is also causing ice and snow to melt earlier, and glaciers are melting too. Sadly, the ice in Greenland and Antarctica is no exception. This mass melting means that more water is pouring into the ocean, and that sea levels are rising at an alarming rate. So let's break down what all of that means for Florida. The sea level around Florida is due to rise around 1 to 4 feet within the next century. It will erode the beaches and cause coastal flooding. Land in Florida will be submerged as the water rises over time, forcing people out of their homes, especially if they live near a beach. People will be forced to move inland. If coastal cities are to survive, they have to prepare, like building larger seawalls and elevating structures to lift buildings off the ground. It's not just the rising sea that threatens Florida, it's the tropical storms and hurricanes too. They've already become more intense over the past 20 years, as we've already seen the devastation they can cause. On October 26, 2023, at least 27 people were killed during Hurricane Otis in Acapulco, Mexico, and four remain missing. Thousands of homes were destroyed and left without electricity or water. These types of disasters will grow more frequent as time goes on. Florida's already seen the effects of global warming through hurricanes. When Hurricane Ian came through Florida, it had an unexpected impact on the state. In its wake, it brought a rise in cases of Vibrio vulnificus, also known as flesh-eating bacteria. It's a rare bacteria that lives in brackish seawater, and in 2022 it was responsible for 11 deaths. After the hurricane, warm, standing water became an ideal home for the bacteria. The hurricane brought more people into contact with the bacteria, allowing it to spread throughout Florida. People who had open wounds, cuts, or scratches were warned that they could easily be exposed to it through seawater or brackish water. As hurricanes increase, Florida may see an increase in unexpected infections. Vibrio has more than 100 strains. Cholera is caused by an infection of the intestine with the Vibrio cholerae bacteria. You might already be familiar with it, as it's a well-known acute diarrheal illness. But it's also the cause of tens of thousands of deaths across the globe every year. Once Vibrio vulnificus enters the body, it thrives. Despite the name flesh-eating bacteria, scientists don't actually believe it eats flesh. What happens is it secretes enzymes and toxins as the bacteria multiply, and that's what causes necrosis or the death of tissue cells. This gives people the impression that it's literally eating their flesh. One sad case is that of Debbie King, a woman who scraped her right shin while climbing onto a friend's pontoon in the Gulf of Mexico. It's an injury that many would overlook, especially if it didn't seem too serious. King's friend helped dress the wound. What King didn't know was that Vibrio vulnificus lurked within the waters. In the following days, King's skin became red and blistered. When she went to the doctor, believing it must have been sunburn, they would send her straight to the emergency room. 
King was fortunate that the doctors at HCA Florida Citrus Hospital recognized what they were looking at. They knew that the bacteria would kill the healthy tissue in the wound, and it did. After four days in intensive care, King had already lost most of the flesh on her leg. It was just bone. King was warned that she would die if they didn't amputate. She agreed. The first amputation was below the knee. The doctor was hoping to save as much of the leg as possible. Sadly, the bacteria had spread so far that they had to amputate five inches above the knee. After the operation, she spent four days in critical care with sepsis. While Debbie King was devastated afterward, she learned to adapt to her new body in time. She found a way to continue living life to the fullest. But if climate change continues to progress, Debbie's case might not seem so anomalous down in Florida. And if hospitals are flooded by a huge number of people experiencing necrosis across their body, those hospitals' ability to help the people in question might be seriously hampered. We personally think this is horrifying enough, but this is really just the start of Florida's geographical battering under the effects of climate change. Cities at large will be impacted by the destruction a hurricane brings. As storms become more frequent, Floridians will see that insurance for wind damage will become more expensive or even hard to obtain to begin with. Florida is already seeing soaring premiums for hurricane coverage. Many people in Florida are already contemplating leaving their home state simply due to the fact that they've been priced out of insurance. Many Floridians have reported their insurance premiums have doubled and in some cases are more expensive than their mortgage. One resident mentioned that their premiums had risen from $750 in 1999 to a little over $3,000 in 2022. In 2023, it would jump to 4678 And this is living in an area that hasn't been hit by a hurricane in over a hundred years. The coral reefs and ocean acidification are also a risk to the state of Florida. Ocean acidification sees a decrease in the pH of the Earth's oceans, impacting the ability of sea life to live. As the water temperatures rise and the ocean acidification sets in, it will kill the algae that live in the coral reefs and provide them with food. This means coral reefs will die. This in turn leads to coral bleaching, as the corals will turn white without algae. The acidity leads to the death of these corals and other sea life, like fish, and in the past three centuries, we've seen ocean acidity increase by 25%. There is a small ray of hope for the coral reefs. Researchers have discovered that some coral colonies are able to tolerate the heat more than others. Scientists believe that if they can plant corals on the reef that have the genetics that lead to this heat resistance, they might be able to give our coral reefs a fighting chance. This will allow the corals to breed and produce more heat-resistant offspring. The hope is that if they create enough genetically distinct coral babies, they'll be able to create coral reefs that are tolerant of extreme heat and other threats, including disease. Still, with that being said, ocean acidification will decimate Florida's marine ecosystems, fisheries, and tourism. But Florida's problems with water won't end there. As higher air temperatures increase, water will evaporate more and more into the air from the soil, plants, and the surface water. There would be a 25% increase in the demand for water within the next half century, and this will include irrigated farmland. Rising sea levels and climate change are a huge threat to the Everglades. Humans have already diverted the natural flow of water away from the Everglades to try to prevent flooding and to give farmers more water, but it did far more harm than good. During the early 20th century, engineers blew up waterfalls and rapids in Miami rivers. Their goal was to build a canal. It immediately displaced wildlife as they scattered to get away while fish were killed in the blasting. There were even rumors that some people saw an alligator go flying after the explosion. Then came the parking lots and the hotels. There is an effort to try to return the Everglades to their original water flow, but it may be too late as global warming will make the divergence more necessary. 
Swaths of the Everglades are less than three feet above sea level. Rising sea levels will easily swallow up this part of the Everglades, and salt-tolerant species will be able to spread throughout the state. This will also threaten or kill species that cannot tolerate salt water, turning the ecosystem completely upside down. It will also lead to more experiences like Hurricane Ian spreading flesh-eating bacteria. The increase in salinity will also endanger the Biscayne Aquifer, South Florida's primary source of drinking water. For example, after the water became too salty to drink, Hallandale Beach had already been forced to abandon six of its eight drinking water wells. The city is currently trying to move its water wells west in hopes of preventing them from becoming contaminated with salt water again. Why is Florida such a prime target for the hurricanes? Again, that's all about geography. At 1,350 miles, Florida has the second longest coastline in the United States, second to Alaska. Florida is situated in warm tropical waters, which is where hurricanes thrive best. They begin as a tropical wave over warm ocean waters. They typically start at the equator, and that puts Florida right into most hurricanes' lines of fire. Whenever a hurricane blows through the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico, it often makes its way to Florida. The mix of a long coastline and low-lying land is why Florida is so vulnerable to the impact of global warming. It's not only pummeled by hurricanes, it must deal with rising sea levels that threaten to flood the state. Property, infrastructure, and land will be lost to sea. Agriculture is another victim of climate change, and it doesn't look like things will be getting any better anytime soon. It'll be rare to see freezing temperatures in Florida. This could be beneficial to fruits and vegetables that grow in the winter, and it could help citrus trees that bloom in the spring. But that's not where agriculture would be hit the hardest. It would be in the summer. As the temperatures rise and the summers become unbearably hot, it'll be less likely that corn will be able to grow uninterrupted. It would impact the growth of sugar, peanuts, and cotton. The amount of crops that people will be able to grow will also depend on how much water can be redirected to agriculture. Livestock productivity would tank. The heat stress would make it difficult for animals to function normally, including their metabolism. They'll become more susceptible to heat stroke. Cattle will be particularly at risk as they can't dissipate their heat like other animals can. They begin to feel heat stress at temperatures above 80 degrees Fahrenheit. It won't kill them, but farmers will have to do more work to care for them and help them regulate their body temperatures to make them more productive. Cattle would not be able to be worked during extreme heat. It might only be possible to work them very early in the morning before temperatures are at their highest, which gives farmers a very small window of time. Cattle would only be able to wait in processing for a little over 30 minutes in the heat, which would bring the cattle industry to a crawl. Working in the evening wouldn't be an option either. It takes cattle at least six hours to dissipate the heat that they've accumulated throughout the day. For example, let's say that the day is its hottest at 4 p.m. If that were the case, the cattle would not have recovered from the day's heat until after 12 a.m. The entire night would need to be dedicated to the cattle's recovery, meaning it would not be an option to do the work at night. It's not just the animals who would suffer. Climate change always affects human health, especially children, the elderly, the sick, and the poor. We'll see a rise in heat stroke and dehydration. It's predicted that the average temperature in 70 years in Florida will be 95 degrees Fahrenheit, between 45 and 90 days per year. Today, there are about 15 days per year of extreme 90-degree weather for comparison. It'll be increasingly dangerous to spend time outside in the summer. The warmer temperature may increase the amount of ground-level ozone in the air. It's a key component of smog and will therefore have a huge impact on pre-existing lung conditions like asthma. People would be at increased risk of dying from heart or lung disease. The goal of having clean air will become more difficult the more ozone there is in the air. Let's look even further back in time to see how much the temperatures have changed in Florida. 
The average winter temperatures from 1950 to 1970 were around 57.4 degrees Fahrenheit. From 1991 to 2010, the winter temperature average rose to 59.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Out of all Americans, Floridians are the most likely to believe in climate change. According to the Florida Atlantic University's Center for Environmental Studies, 74% of Americans believe in climate change. In Florida, however, that number rocketed to 90%. Breaking that 90% down even further, 75% believe climate change is partially responsible for the change in extreme weather. It's difficult for Floridians to deny climate change as they watch what's happening with the extreme weather they're facing, especially the hurricanes. Between 2013 and 2023, Florida became home to 13 of the top 25 most natural disaster-prone counties. On April 12, 2023, there was a storm, and some parts of Fort Lauderdale saw up to 26 inches of rain. There was widespread flooding. They even had to close the City Hall building and prepare it for demolition due to flood damage. Floridians are also more likely than any other American to want the federal government to do something about climate change. 69% want state action, and 70% want the federal government to act. Where Floridians don't always agree is what's responsible for climate change. In March, the study discovered that 65% believe humans are the cause, but when they held the study again in September, it fell to 57%. Climate migration will come for Florida. As hurricanes destroy more and more housing and residents are priced out of their homes, they will move further inland. Climate change has impacted Florida's housing market as well. Since hurricanes continue to wipe out more and more homes, there is a corresponding labor shortage. Emergency services can't find people to fill their ranks, and hotels are short-staffed. In some cases, employers have had to hire people from more inland areas. There are times when these employees may even have to take a two-hour bus ride for what is a minimum wage job. It's funny yet sad to think that elevated houses in the Jetsons may one day be an actual reality to help save us from the ravages of global warming. Or we could just get the major companies causing it under control. Which outcome do you think is more likely? Now check out riskiest regions to live in the US with changing climate, or watch this video instead.